Hello and welcome to Investors Hangout. This weekly interaction to help you learn and understand savings and investment issues is brought to you by Aditya Birla Sun Life Mutual Fund and Value Research. Now with this year coming to a close and a new year about to begin, I think it's a good time to reflect on the lessons learned from 2023. Financially, 2023 was a year of, was a roller coaster ride of sorts, you know, it was a year where we saw the bank collapsing in the US, the FTX bust, there was IPO mania, then the markets registered record highs and lows. So let's look at, you know, it's a good time to delve deeper into the lessons learned, the financial lessons learned from 2023. Tirendra, welcome. Thank you. First of all, you know, let's uh, start with the banking crisis that happened in March 2023. Uh, do you think uh, the banks collapsing in the US, you know, the reasons were varied, but what are the lessons that we here in India learned from that? No, the, the reasons were not varied. Mm -hmm. The reason why a bank collapse is only because people lose confidence in a bank. And where, whatever be the situation, mm -hmm. you know, that is the final outcome. And why people lose confidence in a bank? Because there is a likelihood or there's a rumor or there's an expectation that the bank's assets are of lower value than the bank's liabilities, right. Right. which means that somebody will actually lose his money mm -hmm. if everybody turns up to take his money. In which case any bank will collapse. But you know, this perception or the understanding or the, or the arithmetic or the reporting of the number assets and liabilities is the primary driver. And I think we don't have to learn any lesson from this mm -hmm. because last decade, in fact, America should have learned these lessons from us. Because we struggled with our own banking problem. We had a more than a decade long you know, period of non-performing assets. All our banks were close to bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. All the leading banks were government owned. So government could not, and you know, it, was a, it, it has been a big struggle. It has been a big setback for our economic growth. Mm -hmm. It has been a big setback for our, you know, I would say business growth. Banks at the heart of the, you know, our economic system, uh, one in you know banks are very significant uh, part of the market hmm. you know if you look at sensex and nifty it is nearly 25 26 percent so look at it it is one fourth of the market but market is one side of it the other is that they actually grease the whole economic system there was no credit extension they were struggling they have seen collapsing then and then that has led to all kind of reforms america doesn't need re reform they already have the bankruptcy insolvency mechanism and all those things happen anyway hmm. So we are learned on this front, we, we, you know, and we have learned the hard way. Hmm. We have spent nearly 10, 12 years doing this and uh, we, are, we are actually bearing the fruits of uh, all the fixing that has been done in the last 10, 12 years. Great. Then inflation. In July 2023, India recorded inflation of 7.44%. That was on a higher side. So you know, with the rising costs and our money, uh, money's capacity to buy less than what we're used to, what can we do? What can investors do there? 7.4% inflation is high. But I would not say that, you know, we have come across a situation where something is alarming. It's not hyperinflation. Uh, and if it is seasonal cyclical, you know, uptake, uptake of inflation, it will come down. But the second thing is that, you know, how uncomfortable Indians are with 7.5% inflation. We are used to seven, six, seven percent inflation. You know, I think the real problem is with the uh, with the U.S. Uh, that is one a significant economy. That's a very large economy. That is that actually supports many of the businesses because we are ancillary to their act economic activity. Hmm. And there, people are not used to inflation. Mm -hmm. 
they you know wages did not go up for 10 12 years and it was fine it they were able to support the mortgage payment so once this changes you know this can have a very significant impact and that is something we should be wary of uh their inflation is something which they are not used to it had they have they are not used to for 30 years and that will lead to increase of their borrowing cost everybody is heavily indebted as well there and uh, that will have a lasting implication but it's very difficult to guess what will what else will happen we should be watchful of that our inflation you have only two things you know any inflationary uh, situation you have to deal with in two manner mm-hmm. reduce your you know expenses mm. or increase your income because you can't really create anything so do either of the two okay. or idly both all right then debt funds they lost indexation benefit early on in 2023 and that led to anxiety and you know chaos among investors do debt funds investing in debt funds does it still make sense yeah it has been disappointing for debt fund because you know indexation benefit was very significant hmm. and also because you know debt fund are the staple of investors portfolio right. whatever we may say that you know invest in equity for the long term but if on a plate you know your staple food hmm. is debt fund you know that is where most people park hmm. and in that sense you know it is disappointing that debt funds uh, became taxable hmm. and uh, it was not a huge privilege given by the government but hmm. whatever it was it brings parity with the deposits now hmm. but nevertheless debt fund still have a case that they get you diversification they get you superior liquidity and uh, it has become taxable hmm. uh, but for a large number you know for the kind of constituent constituency we address hmm. i think those people should still embrace debt fund simply because you know small investors there is no tds on debt fund hmm. and if your total income and here the gains from those debt fund is less than your taxable bracket then you, it doesn't matter to you Okay, and they still earn you better returns than FDs. Little better the return. I don't think you know return is the primary driver. It's the high liquidity and little better. Okay. Take ability to take your money out any time at a day's notice from your bed. You know the kind of apps. You know you don't have to visit the bank. The convenience that has come to mutual fund is quite uh, impressive. All right. Then next comes the FTX debacle. While that happened in November 2022, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried he was arrested in uh, I think November, early November 2023. But cryptocurrency has been a you know an asset that youngsters are uh, lured into. In yeah. so yeah, 2023. In fact, you know it is quite amazing that here is something which is baseless. Yeah. Truly baseless. There is no basis to cryptocurrency or Bitcoin going up in value. more so today when most of the many of the recently minted crypto coins hmm. or cryptocurrencies they simply vaporized and then it has become a center point of fraudulent activities hmm. people are going to jail people are going to jail for money laundering most of the promoters are are in trouble hmm. some of the cryptocurrencies it simply vanished you know somebody just switched off the uh, the system and that luna thing disappeared overnight hmm. so despite this if large you know it has been the biggest gainer mm-hmm. one asset which has gained the most is bitcoin in 2023 yeah beating equity beating debt beating any market segment any sector anything besides that you know because it's baseless the price going up itself is a draw yeah so one has to really be wary of this that uh, 
just make sure that have a good time punt with if you know crypto but make sure that you know you are punting in a manner that you are not the last man holding the baby because somebody will have to all right then ipos that's one hot topic a lot yeah. of investors invested in ipos there were massive inflows in 2023 in ipos what do you have to say about them i would say that you know all small investors should look at ipo mm. enhance their general knowledge mm. and carry on with their sip the reason is very simple you know you need to have 50000 1 lakh rupee 2 lakh rupee 5 lakh rupee handy available in your bank mm. to make investment or to bid for these ipos right. and then there is a element of lottery you will bid for uh, 500 shares and you will you might get 48 shares or something like that on a proportionate basis it will be allotted to you mm. and all your money will be stuck till the allotment process is on and then uh, once it is freed then you can move to the other ipo mm. don't do that with your small money and uh, use the ipo process to learn about new companies because anyway you can't you won't be able to buy 5 lakh rupee worth of shares in a good ipo where there a lot of people are bidding for it mm. but you can always buy it after it is listed ipo is a undesirable thing for small investor because you should be diversified mm. you should be methodical you should be disciplined and then you should not be keeping your money idle uh, which is a significant part of your savings mm. all the time while you are waiting for and bidding it in ipos and waiting for the allotment do your sip and once in a while and learn about these companies if you like it then go for that company use it as an opportunity to you know uh, understand understand better. it better okay now then comes the wars you know even before the russia ukraine uh, war came to an end the israel palestine conflict that started so what do you say uh, should investors learn about investing in times of war i would say that it is in everybody's interest to make sure that there is a normalcy of a kind so that substantial normalcy prevails with your trade movement and you know all the goods and services and uh, which is what happens also which is which is what happens but many a times you know it could be, so use it as an opportunity mm. if you have some opportune money mm. use all those money all, all those occasions where because markets do panic markets use are used to and then some most of the time it will be exaggerated Mm-hmm. and uh, it is bad for those economies specifically which are hurt i would not worry about wars and because it is a disruptive thing but is it really a derailment for everything the way we have been able to you know make a comeback after world war 2 where the whole world looked like uh, looked like coming to an end mm-hmm. uh, so in that sense you know i would say that use it as an opportunity have a long term view be in equity and make sure that you have reasonable money in fixed income so that if it is happening in the neighborhood you can still you still have uh, enough for the immediate purpose all right now lastly the volatile markets 2023 witnessed them in full glory so what is the takeaway for investors there no so was 2022 so was 2021 so don't take into because markets you know every day they open and they cause anxiety in fact 2023 was great in a sense that volatility is actually expressed in a very unusual way mm-hmm. people say that it is volatile only when it goes down volatile the dictionary meaning is something which goes up and goes down as well mm-hmm. something which you know which keeps you know moving up and down uh broadly speaking market has gone up quite substantially it has gone less and it has gone up substantially 
despite all the odds, despite all the bad news. And simply because and it, it is quite a, quite a pointer that if companies do well, or if companies are expected to be do, you know, expected to do well, or if most investors think that they will do well in future, mm. uh, markets are able to withstand. Besides that, you know, the amount of individual investors pouring money into the market through mutual fund is a very big reflection of the confidence in the market, and which is a very significant thing. Great. So. Uh the major takeaway of this episode is that all is well. You carry on yes. with your plan. and uh, Yeah, you know. th that is how it is mostly. Okay. Now, before we end today's episode, we have a viewer's question that we would like to answer. So, Ms. Sony wants to know how is tax calculated on mutual funds? You know, the entry load, exit load, uh, long-term capital gains tax, short-term capital gains, all of that. Yeah. Uh, one is that, you know, there is no entry load anymore. There is an exit load. But it is actually not an exit load per se, mm -hmm. because most of the load in India is, I would say, something called contingent load. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a sales charge. Uh, because most of the exit load are designed in a manner that if you stay with the fund for more than one year, you are not liable to pay any taxes, mm -hmm. uh, any load. Mm -hmm. If you take your money out before one year, then I will charge you 1%. Your capital goes down by 1%. Mm -hmm. So that is primarily a very desirable kind of load because it encourages desirable behavior. Hmm. To Not invest only that, for long term. Invest for long term. And that portfolio will also get bruised by somebody's erratic behavior. Assuming that there's a 100 crore fund hmm. in which somebody has invested 10 crore. Hmm. And if he actually takes out 10 crore in a hurry, he came few few weeks back because it has gone up, he's taking out, then the fund manager, it will cause disruption. Hmm. He'll have to sell it in a hurry. Hmm. And, uh, in that case, you know, other investors should benefit from that because the money charged on exit load goes back into the fund. Hmm. So it compensates the other investors, the remaining investors of right. that. Then comes, you know, what, how much you have to pay to the government. One is that you don't have, there is no TDS on mutual fund. Hmm. But uh, one significant advantage is that mutual funds buy and sell shares hmm. or bonds or anything you are not supposed to pay any tax till you realize it. If you invest in a fund and don't do anything for the next 20 years, you are not supposed to pay any tax. Hmm. Only, Only when you, when you realize it. And when you realize it, then there are all kinds of tax that are levied, depending on whether it is equity or debt. Hmm. If it is equity, then your long-term capital gains give 10% give of that. If it is short-term capital gains, which means investment of less than one year, then you have to pay 15% capital gains tax. In case of debt, all your income, which means you invested a lakh of rupees and it has become two lakh rupees and in 20 years, mm. still your one lakh rupee is income and pay tax on that. So things are little less attractive as they used to be, mm. uh, but this is how it is. I think, you know, the one of the significant advantage of mutual fund is the tax deferral. Mm. Till you realize it, you don't have to pay anything. And there are people who will, who have investment, they can take it out whenever they want to. But there is a possibility that that might that money might remain invested and it will get passed on through generations. That so you are, you don't really pay any taxes till till you touch it. All right. So we have dealt with all these events in great detail whenever they were happening. But today's episode, you can you know watch it for the lessons learned from each one of them. And that's all we have for you in today's episode. Keep watching the space for more information. If you like the show, do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you.